Welcome to the fourth episode of Born in Trouble. I'm your host, John X. We're here once again this week with our all-star cast of gentlemen. I was going to say something else, but I'm going to be nice right off the bat. This is odd. Oh, and I'm going to be well, nice you know, today. You know, if, if, if you start nice, you know, you might end nice. I might. Right. I might. I get know. chippy early. I, what, it, what is it they used to say? You get more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. So I'm going to try to be nice today. I'm going to try to be nice. Also, we're expecting. So, you know, as we as we uh, speak right now, we're expecting another entry into the Born in Trouble family. Won't say where or who because we don't want to start no gossip. But there it is. So, gentlemen. Really? Isn't that exactly how you start gossip? <laughs> right. By throwing out some vague shit that Same people shit gotta I was thinking, about. Though. That's exactly what I was just thinking. See, I tried to start his own rumor. He started his own rumor and then said, but I don't want to start a rumor. (laughs) (laughs) See, I tried to be nice. I tried. I tried, but I get the wins. Yo, man, you've been studying Bill Maher or somebody. (laughs) I ain't been studying Bill Maher. Seems like Bill Maher be studying us. But that's another one of my beefs. (laughs) This guy, man, seems like every time we have a show, the next day his show is the same topics. You know, so... I don't know. Maybe it's just me. In my maybe, opinion, maybe, he's a maybe racist. It's so, maybe it's something yeah, in, you know, the, uh, in, in, in the California bud. Maybe. In general terms, in my opinion, he's a racist. I mean, but he's a mild. He's a he's a racist light. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they have full no. loans. <laughs> then they have, you know, he's diet racist. <laughs> he's a racist. He just like to fuck black women. Yeah, he, he yeah. does like the fuck. Black oh, women. yeah. Well, there, plenty of racists have done that. I mean, right. you know, that's yeah, yeah. new. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah, that doesn't a, exclude you. <laughs> right. Right. That doesn't exclude right. Exactly. That would be a that would be a, it's a hard one to prove one way or the other. Exactly. Or or, or in his show terms, uh I don't know if it's true. Oh no, uh, I don't know. What is it? But I think I don't know. I yeah, believe it or something. I don't know if it's true or not, but I believe it or some shit like I ain't, that. I ain't watched his show since since he felt comfortable enough to let nigga fly out his mouth. Did he really? Mm. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, yeah. That was they a couple all, years ago. Cube got at him about it on. Oh on yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. Right, couple right. Shows later or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Like said, I, I knew he. Was, I know he's a racist, and I watched. But who isn't? You know, I mean, I, right. all of them. Puppets, oh, absolutely. That's right. You know, <laughs> that's really the truth. He likes brown sugar. So yeah. we give him. We give him. We give him credit for that. Who doesn't? Yeah, I mean, you know. You know. He has to. You know, everybody's getting paid. We're all trying to get paid out here. So, Born in Trouble, fourth episode. Today, we're going to talk about what it is that grinds your gears, as they said on an episode of Family Guy, or what is it that you're beefing about? And we're going to try something new with the new format. And Grant, you're going to start us out. Oh, but wait, let me introduce the gentleman first from Detroit, Michigan, Grant Lancaster. The people's champion. The people's what champion. What is he like? The people's champion. Lex Luger. From <laughs> Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, by way of New Jersey, Mr. Robert Brooks. What's going on? There it is. There it is. And of course, from Los Angeles, California. Rob, stop talking over me. From Los Angeles, California, Gene Hopkins. Hey, hey. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> he blows it down every day. 
<laughs> Everybody's got fingers. <laughs> See, I tried to start nice. I tried. I tried. But, yeah, this is the gentleman, you know, my all-star crew here. And, Grant, you're going to start us off today because there's so many different things in the world that people are mad at, whether justified or not justified, and we're going to uncap these things that we, as black men of a certain age, are absolutely pissed off at. Well, this this is something that, uh, personally, I've been pissed off about this shit for many, 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 many years. Um, and it just so happens that this show comes at the perfect time because the NCAA tournament is jumping off right now. Basketball. So, yeah. So, I mean, NCAA sports as a whole, you know, and I'm particularly football and basketball. Um, I mean, it's just a travesty, bro. You know what I mean? Coaches making multi-million dollar salaries, mm-hmm. um, players getting a weak ass education, you know, that's not really, you know, the education is not, is not uh, equivalent to what these players bring to the university. Um, And I, you know, I just, I just can't understand how you can justify not playing these players, not paying these players. So your beef is that these collegiate athletes don't get paid money, especially the ones that bring large sums of money into the universities. Absolutely. 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 So, um, and I, and only because we were, we were doing this topic, I actually had to do a little bit of digging Uh or research. Yeah. 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 So the television contracts, um, for, uh, NCAA television broadcasting from 2011 to 2025, the total of it is going to be 12.5. $27 billion. Billion with a B. Billion with a B. And yeah. to get it in perspective, in order to get to a $1 billion, you have to have $999 million, and then you're still a million short. Mm. So just keep that billion in perspective. Don't don't dismiss it. You know what I mean? Call it what it is. It's, it's a big-ass number. Mm-hmm. And they're getting 12 of them shits, mm. and the players are getting... An overvalued education, and not even not even a, a true education for most of them. If you're a one and done, or if you you know if you kind of know that you're going to the league, mm-hmm. I'm sure uh, you know that degree in basketball even is going to be fine <laughs> once you get to the league. Sports management, but, home sports management. That's the deal oh, now. My, oh my bad. Hold <laughs> yeah, on. So. Yeah, so I mean, I'm just saying, you know, it's it's a it's a travesty, man. There's there's like one of my favorite episodes of South Park, and I, I love South Park to this day. There's an episode where uh, Cartman is trying to uh, create a basketball league with crack babies. And, <laughs> <laughs> it's the funniest thing, dude. But he goes like to the NCAA, to an NCAA dean or or coach or whatever he goes to, and he's like, "Yo, how do you?" How do you get your slaves to do what you need them to do? Ooh. And he and he's like, wait, we don't call them slaves, we call them student athletes. And he was like, oh, good. <laughs> good. You call them by a different name that's politically correct. So I'll start calling my student athletes. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean it's it's a great oh. episode, man, but oh. this is just kind of how I how I how oh. I feel about NCAA basketball and football. So 
Mm. You, so now you kind of feeling how long I've been, how long I've been hating this shit. Uh, so that's that's what that's what uh, fries my bacon. If we if we did video right now, you would see my hands are completely in front of my face right now. It's like, oh, bro, watch watch the Crack Baby Basketball League episode of South Park, dude. The shit is hilarious. Uh, I'm I'm not a big South Park fan, so I I don't know that episode. But know. for that reason, it sounds like you could watch it. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, that's yeah, a, that's great. bad. So. So that's my beef. I, I mean, don't even you know, know if I want to talk about this shit no more. I'm a little bit pissed. <laughs> we, don't, we don't even have to get into the salaries. You know, Tyler Perry's $8 million. Um, Nick, I mean, obviously, he's probably the two top dogs. Nick Saban making $9 million. You know, a couple of head coaches. And Steve Sarkeesian, as an assistant coach, is making $2.5 million per season. Well, you know, Rob, you walked on as um, a football player for Temple. You know, My what, man, B.A., Super Bowl yeah, winning head coach. There you go. Yeah, he was coach. Rob, yep, Bruce Arians, that's, right? That's my boy, B.A., and Nick Rapone with him, Amos Jones with him, Todd McNair. Yeah. There you go. All Temple family. All Temple family. Well, what, But what was that schedule like? You know, you oh, weren't really like. That's, that's like having a full-time job, man, on top of your studies. Because, I mean, legit, you know, running backs worked out at 6.15 in the morning. Mm-hmm. So you worked out for like an hour and a half. You go eat breakfast, then you have your classes, and then meetings started somewhere around 2.15, 2.30 because you had to go watch tape, mm-hmm. get out on the field at like quarter of four. You were on the field until 6.15, shower up, go to dinner, go straight from dinner to study hall. You didn't get back to your room until almost 10 o'clock at night. Mm. And Damn, I, I didn't the- even know you played football, man, in college. That's, just, that's, just that one year, man. Todd McNair showed me exactly what I needed to do, which was get the F out of there. <laughs> oh, so you did, you did a, a freshman year? Freshman year. Like, literally, Todd McNair was the, was the starter. He was a Heisman Trophy candidate that year. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, had rushed for 1,000 yards the year before in, in the eye. They brought in this offensive coordinator who wanted to run a multi-bone. I'm not really sure who thought that was a good idea. But uh, he got canned after about four games. They put Todd back in the eye. And let him do his thing. Mm. But I mean, he just like you go to practice every day and you look at that, and you're like, all right, there ain't no amount of hard work that's gonna close the gap between right. <laughs> and what I'm doing. Yeah, they can tell you all they want. Oh, if you work hard, whatever you want. Nope. nope. I've been playing the league for eight years. He did me a favor. Mm-hmm. You know? Just by being there. Well, what's called, you know, probably spared me another fifteen or twenty concussions. Probably mm, help oh, me yeah. keep my brain yeah. intact. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And, but, uh, and the crushing blow. So I got chicken pox my freshman year during spring break. Okay. So I missed like three weeks of practice. I got back. Head trainer is like, yo, I don't even want to see you around here. Go catch up on your classes. So now it's been like three and a half weeks where I've been in pads. First day back, we're in full contact. This brother hit me in my chest. I mean, feet came up off the floor. <laughs> Boom! And we had the hardest piece of astroturf on the planet to practice on. I hit this thing flat on. Bam! Ball came, bounced up off my chest. And we had to do these things called running back reminders, RBRs, suicides across the field, and they were timed. Mm-hmm. The first time ever on a football field, I thought I might die or throw up, which were kind of the same to me. Just kept <laughs> saying, 
Just get off the field and you don't have to do this ever again. And I used to do that in high school too. Like sometimes they're in conditioning, like, yo, just finish the day and you don't ever have to do this again. You don't need this crap. Mm -hmm. But of course, back then you always came back because, you know. Right. But at this point, I'm like, I got off the field. I was like, I really don't need this crap. Like, and started to think, (laughs) I started to think like, okay, what's it going to take to get back into shape? And am I willing to do that? Mm -hmm. And I'd had an episode before camp even start before the season even started we're at dinner or lunch and there's seven of us sitting at this table i took my sat one time my roommate who was a punter was a walk-on punter had taken his sat one time he was a quarterback from pelham new york mm-hmm. so the other five guys at the table had combined for 34 attempts at the sat wow Dang. back then it was 2-0 and a 700 to play mm. so i mean that's the environment that you were in all day, every day. Like you were in a room full of dudes who, until somebody said, hey, how would you like to come play football for me, had never even considered going to college. Wow. Dang. And so that's the energy you were around all day. And I was like, I, this ain't really the spot for me. Well, it just goes yeah, to show you, That explains the happy slaves. Yeah, it just, well, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Even more so, I mean, it goes to show you what they're what they're doing. They're recruiting these these people to go to college and to go to school that don't have a chance in hell of ever graduating from that school. Well, here's they're the doing- thing: like a lot of these schools will get you through. Okay, like they got academic support people, and right. you know they will get you through. And the hope is, like, so one of the dudes that I work for on the basketball side. He was like, look, if we can just get these dudes through, these dudes, a lot of these dudes had never thought about college. But if we can get them through mm-hmm. and get them a degree, we can change their lives. And so th- there's one guy that we always use an example. He got to a college in um, the New England area, read it mm-hmm. at an eighth grade level, mm-hmm. became his school's all-time leading scorer, became his conference's all-time leading scorer. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't good enough to play in the NBA, but went and played in Europe. Mm-hmm. Ten years down the road, he comes back like, yo, coach, I'm tired of this. Like, I'm ready to come home, blah, blah, blah. Coach is like, yo, you got two kids in private school. You need to go on, You need to play for four more years. Right. But this kid now understood the value of education. He was paying. He was working to put his kids through private school. So even though these guys aren't, a lot of them, by the traditional outsized definition, don't belong in college, college mm-hmm. is still revolutionary for their lives and for the lives of their family beneficial it's well, very yeah. beneficial so even if they're not ready for it so i mean there is there's something to be gained from it absolutely uh, some of these but yeah they are picking some dudes who you know i i mean like the stories i could tell of some of these dudes i was hanging with my man art i ain't gonna use his last name he was from brooklyn <laughs> The nicest little dude you ever saw. He went home for Christmas break, mm-hmm. and his sister got knocked up by this other by this dude. And dude walked into Art's house, acting like he was ruler of the roost just because he had knocked up his sister. Mm. And Art was like, "What? Hold on for a second. Dusted him. Oh, was slamming his dude's head in the door jam. <laughs> Art, Art had to come back to school two weeks early." To get wow. away from to get away from the man because they were looking for him in Bedford Stuyvesant. Mm. Uh. That sounds like sounds like the army. <laughs> it I'm is talking about. It's I'm talking co- about. It, you want to talk about some dummies? Oh, I knew I chose wrong, man, real quick, and I signed up for four years. 
<laughs> I knew it was going to be a long four years, man. A long. I'm talking about rednecks, all types of dummies, not just rednecks, thugs, rednecks, this, that, people, the judge gave. This was the 80s, so the judge let right. people go into the army instead of jail. Right, rather than go to jail. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, yeah. it, you know, that seemed to be every other person's story when I was in there. <laughs> hey, you know, I felt, I felt like Eddie other. Murphy in life, you know, can't none of y'all niggas read? <laughs> God damn, your old ass can't read either. <laughs> well, in the army. You know, I, you know, I used to be killing them in the army, bro. I'm talking about don't let words trip them up. I, I just couldn't believe it, man. I'm talking about, I couldn't believe it, but I understand that, Rob. I understand it's exactly eye-opening, that. man, when you get in those yeah. situations. You're like, wait, you in college and you can't do what? Man. Yeah, so when you're surrounded by that energy, you well, just... Well, the purpose, of, the purpose of that is really to make revenue for the school. And at, exactly. at, that, at that point in time, like, you know... Temple wasn't really a football like, you know, juggernaut, but we all know like college football brings in like pretty much all the money. You know, basketball is um, it's less expensive, but it's a, we're on the same thing. We're on this. You said something very interesting before in the past about the difference between going to a division one school that's like really competitive and going to an HBCU, for example, like Von Maker just signed with them, Howard University. And that's a good move for that's a good move for other kids who are looking and for the HBCUs, it's a good look for them to get such a high level recruit. You know, to but go now to, they have but now they have to nurture that recruit and give him the things that he needs to to help, you know, push his game and his dream forward. Right. And that's where a lot of those institutions fall short. Like at Temple and you know, Temple's Temple's a big public school. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's part of the same school system that Penn State is. But I remember they opened a, a facility, Edberg Olson Hall, and it was everything, locker rooms, uh, film rooms, whatever, 100-yard grass field, 80-yard turf field. They opened that up in the early 2000s, and it was already out of date in the league. Like Penn State already had a full indoor, they could practice indoor, kicking game, everything, year-round. Mm. You know, And Temple had just gotten an outdoor facility with locker rooms and stuff. Like yeah. it's an arms race. You're trying to impress 16 year olds to come and play. So you got to give them bells and whistles, pool tables in the locker room or in the, in the, the, the relaxation chamber just outside the locker room. Right. Uh, it's crazy what some of these dudes get. So how do we close this gap? You know, do we need like HBCU? <laughs> like, don't you, you laughed at that? How, one. So how, how, how do you close the gap on a 400 year head start? Yeah, that's the that's 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 been my question. You know what I mean? In terms like just breaking it down, Deion Sanders going to coach at Jackson State. Like, how do you I mean, that's I love it. But who's going to be the parent that says, "Okay, you know what? I'm going to send my kid to Deion rather than sending him to Nick Saban. You know what I mean? Like who who's going to be the parent that says that that has I mean, if you got to if you got to. If you get, it's the difference between having the number one kid in the country and having the number one thousand kid in the country. Well, I'll give I'll give my solution, which is something that comes along the lines of reparations. Um, a lot of people have different feelings. Gene, we know I know Gene. You want that check? 
you know, Rob, you know, you can take the check. Hell, I'll take the check. Yeah. You know Fucking what I'm saying? Mulan, listen, Mulan yeah. take the check, right? <laughs> yeah, so let's just, let me just say that. We'll shit. take that. But well, I'll take I, that check. I think that reparations, like, really in a more, in a form that's more likely to come out and be actually distributed amongst minorities is something that would be more useful or more likely to be gained in the form of public education, education and colleges such as like Howard University, Norfolk State University, giving them that leg up. We could take we could take an inner city city school. I've always said we should take inner city schools and um fund them like we do a school out here on Long Island. You know, give them the same opportunities as these kids on Long Island. You know, that of course like it drives people crazy. The thought process because they say, well, why the fuck am I paying all these high taxes for my kid to get an advantage? The kid shouldn't have the fucking advantage, you know, period. At some point, these advantages, everybody's got, someone's got to give something up at some point, you know? So we- I've always felt that that's something that we could actually do. So why not give a Howard University money to, to, um, build a sports facility so it can in- improve its like NCAA Division One prospects? of recruiting players in all sports across the board. And at the same time, go across the street to Benjamin Banneker and update the school. Right. Absolutely. But it's you it, it's a machine at this point though. You know what I mean? Fuck like the machine. I agree with that. I agree with that. Okay. But we saying that from a from a position way outside of the you know Benefits. The, uh, benefits. Of well, the yeah, and the, right. The benefits of the machine and the fucking damage radius of the machine. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you if you are a person that's actually trying to make that happen, how easy is it for so? How easy is it for the machine to sabotage your efforts? And I don't know what's going on with this shit here, but my example is going to be Deshaun Watson. I ain't heard shit mm. about Deshaun Watson in his life mm-hmm. doing nothing sideways. Right. And all of a sudden, since he don't want to play for the Texans, all of a sudden, now there's four, six lawsuits against this motherfucker. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm saying, you know, the, the allegations of sexual misconduct or whatever, you know, it's hard to come back from that. You know what I mean? So who's to say that, you know, and just going against the machine. I don't want to play for the Texans, right? Trade me. Mm-hmm. Texans say, we don't want to trade you. So how do, how do we fix this as the machine? Well, fuck it. Let's destroy this motherfucker. If he don't want to play for us, he won't play for nobody. How about that? Mm. It's so obvious, too. Yeah, I mean, but I'm just saying, I, I don't know that that's true, but just kind of on the surface, like I said, I ain't never heard nothing about Sean Watson. You know, but he's he's in the blast radius. You see what I'm saying? So so it's easy for us outside of that blast radius to say you gotta do what you gotta do to go against these motherfuckers. Right. But when you inside when you inside that blast radius, bruh. And it's ready to take everything it, yeah, from you. It it could it could change everything, man. The, the, uh, that decision could change your life. Well, we're gonna pray for Brother Deshaun and you know, see what ha- see how that plays out. Really? Yeah, what do you we say are when you pray. When I, what do I say when I pray? Yeah. I pray that he gets clarity, that he can come through this, that he comes through this strong. I never clear. I never pray for. I don't pray pray for people to um for prosperity or for them to get clear. I pray for people to have wisdom, 
so that way they can get themselves through these times. That's just me personally. You know, I know a lot of people, they pray for, you know, I... I Okay, guys, we got to put our trays up for takeoff. Where's Dad? Oh, he's in the back. We could only get three seats together. Daddy has my pillow. We'll get it later. Can you not put your feet up, please? Why aren't we going? (sighs) We must be in line for takeoff. Like security? Well, that was a different line. I have to go. We just sat down. But I have to go. The seatbelt sign's on. Why aren't we moving? Hey, no picking. We're just 15th in line for takeoff. Son of a... Don't go there. Go on a real vacation. Go RVing. Learn more at GoRVing.com. I want to pray for a car. I want to pray for things. I want to pray for these people. Nah, I pray I pray for strength in, all, in everybody. That's it. It's a spiritual thing. So you think maybe God will hear your prayer and, and bless him some wisdom? That's it. Because that's the only thing that's going to, that's the only thing that can help him. Because let me tell you the truth. Like Rob said, and like, you know what, like uh, Grant said, you know, once the story's out there, you can't take that story back. You know, there's not going to be any healing to Sean Watson. Right now, me saying that, just for the fact that I said that about Deshaun Watson, somebody at home will be listening to this and they'll be like, ugh, you know what I'm saying? That's that's disgusting. You know, um, you're rooting for this person who is like, who's done all these egregious acts. But we don't know that he's done these egregious acts. We don't know what the fuck happened. We know, like Rand said, what we know for sure is that he don't want to play for the Texans no more. So now he's on blast. So I pray for him to have the strength to get through the situation because whether he ends up with, I don't pray for, I'm not going to, I'm never going to pray for a man to have, you know, 21, once you make, once you're making $20 million a year, once you make $10 million, you know, in anything, you know, you can pretty much stop worrying about me praying for your prosperity. Now I'm going to pray for your wisdom for you to keep that prosperity. Man, you can move on because you lost me at I'm going to (laughs) pray. Yeah, I know, but you trying. I know, but you want an explanation, so I'm gonna give it to you. You got to break it down, no more. (laughs) Yeah, listen, like, yeah, okay, I know, but we, you know, we go into religion. But I read something very interesting about religion today, and it was like, it's not about your, and it's not about the religion that you follow. It's about your relationship to the spirit. You know, you can, and I've said this a million times. I don't necessarily believe that that in that there is one religion. That encompasses everything. You, it's not that. You could it's be more God. ambiguous to me right now. Yeah, that's good. And that's what and that and you know what? That's what religion is. Religion is ambiguous is ambiguity based in faith. You know what I'm saying? Because you have to have no seriously, you have to have that faith that there is something above you that is that is right. stronger. You have to have that's that it. faith. Yeah, you say faith, I say decision. You say decision. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, hey. Yeah, it's all, it's all the same. It's all the same. It's all Everybody's the same. different. Everybody's yeah. different. But I have faith. I believe in that. So I believe that I believe that there is a that there's a, there is a higher power. There is a there is a God. I just don't believe that the spiritual that any religion encompasses all of me all of religion. Do you believe He loves you? Your dirty draws. I don't necessarily believe in. See, that's what. That's where you're wrong. Like that's where I don't necessarily that's believe where that I'm there's. Wrong no, I don't. No, I don't necessarily. Because <laughs> I don't necessarily believe that. I don't necessarily believe that there's a. Um, I don't necessarily believe that there's a that there's a spirit that's up there that's judging us right or left or right or wrong. I don't think that that's what it is. I believe that things just are. I believe that bad things happen and I believe that good things happen and I believe that there's balance in that, you know, and there's got to be a balance. And sometimes things push one way and things push the other way. So it's like it's more of a spirituality than it is any type of religion. 
you know, and religion is a control mechanism. It's a control mechanism, but it's like, you know, that spirit, you know, you gotta know, you gotta think that I personally, I, it makes me comfortable feeling that there's something out there. Other people don't have that same comfort, but you know, moving on grant. Thank you very much for your topic. Your 15 yes, minutes of fame is up. So now we're going to go straight to Mr. Robert Brooks, of course, because it's the only thing that makes sense. Mr. Brooks, what is it right now? That is eating your hiney. Hey, you know, nothing eats my hiney, man. I ain't got time for that. Okay, well. Oh, but, what's her uh, name? Shit. What's, what's her, her name? name? <laughs> what is her name? Um, they call it dead bugging. <laughs> I heard about that in the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, see, what? They see, y'all got to pass up some knowledge. What's this dead bugging stuff? Uh, I tell <laughs> <laughs> what it is. Yo, uh, I, I, can, I, I might yeah, never tell you. So, so, you know, like how a dead bug is on their back with their legs kicking up? Yeah. You know? So they say if 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 a woman is uh uh or something and you on your back like that, that's dead bugging. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. If you if you on your back at that point. <laughs> I may have to I may have to edit this out. <laughs> I may have to edit this out. I, uh, uh, <laughs> a, a wise man once said to me um about that particular act, he was he was he he you know, found himself on the receiving end of that gift and said, I'm not, I wasn't sure whether to kick her out the house or ask her to move and marry me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wonder who said that. Anyway, who said that, uh, anyway, you know what? There was, um, like, why do we, why do we care about what people like Candace Owens and Cardi B and all of those people? Why do, why do people pretend that anything that they say is important or in any way defines our culture. Like, how is it? How is it that we pretend that these? How is it that we let people act like these people matter? They're entertainers. Mm. Like, let them sing, let them do their thing, and then keep it moving. Like, mm. if they want to put some effort into doing something that's actually positive for the culture, okay, we can salute them for that. But who cares what the f they say? Well, like, I, I agree. just don't. I can't. Yeah, one hundred percent. It just drives I, me why, crazy. I guess the answer though is this because, yo, I mean, you know, which is the answer to everything. Uh, there's a self esteem issue. Well, That's basically, so, what everything boils down to, you know, so yeah, you have to hit, project. They, you have to love that. You have to think that is the beauty. You have to think that is what's happening, and so you listen to them motherfuckers. Oh, so so the reason people feed into that shit, man, is because social media is a fucking drug. Like it's 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 a it's an a there are addictive properties to social media. Oh, absolutely. But, you know what I mean? Like like I mean, just On the other day I had, yeah. Just the other day, I left home without I left home without my phone. I mean, I'm going to work, so I had I had to come back and get it. Mm-hmm. But there were, I mean, that's unheard of. You know what I mean? Like I left home without my phone. I got to come all the way back home mm-hmm. to get this fucking phone, and not even to be on social media. But I'm just saying, this is this is one of the aspects of it. You know what I mean? Like people can't live without their tablets, their iPhones, you know, their Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, whatever, Twitter, Twitch, whatever you happen to be on. People look at that shit all day. There are studies. There's studies after study about how frequently people touch their phones and look at social media. And the shit is ridiculous. Like you losing as as a businessman, you're losing quality man hours based on motherfuckers looking at their phone. 
Well, now they've baked it all into the pie, though, and they made your they've taken your phone and they made your part your phone a part of your day. So that right. way, it's like they don't actually look at it like that. But those two individuals, like Candace and and like you know Cardi, you know for like Cardi, you know when I think about Cardi, I, I'm automatically brought back to like 1995. You know, um, everything that you do in the music business is done in a strip club. You know, you go to meetings, you meet people at the strip club. You're gonna meet somebody from a production team. You go, you meet up in the strip club. You know, right, it's like yeah. everything is like it's that it really is, but that's what it is. You know <laughs> yep. what I'm saying? And like person, like me personally, like I've I've never been a proponent of the strip club per se. You know, I don't get the whole I don't get the whole like throwing all your paycheck out out there on the line for a chick that you can't fuck. You know what it's I'm saying? A bad right. value. It's a bad value proposition. It really that's is. What I it's always like, thought. Maybe right. that's a Brentwood thing because I, I I I just never understood it. Yeah. But this this is your your title is stripper. So your title is stripper, and you expect me to give you money because you're taking your clothes off. Mm-hmm. But your your job description as a stripper is to take your fucking clothes off. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't get the dynamic. But, it's the but, fantasy. But, but, it's but the fantasy of, you don't have. The hustle. So you know that they're independent contractors, right? Mm-hmm. right? And in most strip clubs, the strippers actually pay to work there. Yeah, yeah. like a salon. Right. So they got to give, they, you know, they walk in the door. All right, here's a buck and a quarter. Now they got to make that back up. Well, my whole reason for bringing it up is that I met a couple of strippers back in the day that were like, that reminded me of Cardi B. So it's like, I'm not really mad. I'm never mad at Cardi B. Because like, you know, I met that chick. I've been like at the lounge with that chick. She is on her hustle. She's on a grind. A lot of these girls right. are going to college. They're doing their thing and they're making yeah. their money. And who they trick off on, who's, you know, if you tricking off on them and you paying that tuition, more money to you. You know, God bless you. Whenever I would go meet them, meet people, girls, they automatically they start dancing and everything. Oh, you can, listen, honey, I'm here for this business and everything. I tip them real good one time. Be like, yo, don't waste your time on me. Go on and like fuck, fuck around with these other dudes that are going to trick on you. Don't waste your time on me. I'm here for this, that, and this. But I recognize I'm taking up your space. So I respect you and this and that and this. And that's how I got to meet a couple of them because they're like, oh, that's, that's, that, really that's nice your, you. That's your move. That's, that was, my move. Right your move, that's that was my move. That's your move, X. That was my move. That's your move, That's your move. It's my game. And you somehow you just wind up being their friend, right? That's the advanced jerk out right there. Listen, you know, so you know, there was a big thing. We, like, we listen. We we talked about it. We talked about it before. It's like you know, back then everybody used to say pimping, pimping, and these dudes was pimping and they spending all their money pimping. Y'all niggas ain't pimping. You anti pimping. That's simping. That's simping. Now me sitting up here and saying what I just said. And everything, and getting those digits, and then getting Shorty to come all the way out, you know, on her own dime, and doing that's what pimping. we do. That's yeah. pimping. That's pimping. Yeah, that's that's what I said. That's good game right there. That's game right there. But you know what? That's not when I'm there. Oh, but yeah, you know what? No if you're in the forest, you might as well hunt. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you might as well hunt. And if it worked, it worked. If it didn't, it didn't. But my whole point is, though, I met Cardi B. You know what I'm saying? I I didn't meet Cardi B, but I met Cardi B. And I got respect for that chick. You know, right. so I understand what her game is. I understand what her hustle is. Candace Owens, you know, I don't respect that whole whatsoever. Her game is something different. Her game is the sellout. It's the ante. She gets paid to basically be a, be like, you know, a white person in blackface. 
Whatever it is that somebody black is saying, you get paid to say the opposite of it. And that's her whole game. That's the whole, like, you know, hustle. And before it's all over with, she's probably going to end up in a house, like, over in, you know, by the water. Because white people will pay you a lot of money to agree with them. As long as there's one of you. And you're not inviting everybody else over. And then you're good. So you it's don't like, think so, she's going to be doing an apology tour like Stacey Dash in five right. years? Like, nah, I was, that's what I was, I was about to say. I lost it. I was wrong. I, I had a break, but I'm no. back. Stacey, well, maybe maybe, maybe uh, Stacey Dash's contract is up. And Candace Owens just got that paper. Stacey Dash is on a different. Stacey Dash was a was an actress. She always got those roles. Stacey Dash is different because Stacey Dash was kind of like she was like the light skinned hottie for a lot of years. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Including Brothers wanted to get one. with it. She right. got she that. Was <laughs> yeah, right. She she, she yeah. got the yeah she and she got the pedigree. Her here, cousin here, is Dame. Did she go to school with you, John? She ain't go to school with me. She went to she went to school she went to school out out east in like Longwood or something. No, but she did she did a year or two at Brentwood. Did she really? In elementary school, yeah. I don't know. Maybe she did. Yeah. You know, but it either way though, you know, it's like that sellout. What she she done, you know, she she did whatever she did. She's been in the hustle. She's been in the game. That's something different. Stacey Dash. Candace Owens is this chick that she's paid to say anti to say negative stuff. She's actually paid to be a demon. That's what they pay her for. If you say something, if you come up with something, she's paid paid to be anti that. So I'm not fucking with her whatsoever. You know, it's late at night. I'll put it like this. If we're in the same hotel and it's late at night and there's nothing else to do, Candace can come out and sneak out of my room late at night. But we ain't talking the next morning. Yeah, because I because yo, she she all right. She's all right. There's nothing better to do. I'm like saying it's not better yeah, to do. I, I I could I don't I don't think there's enough sage to get that negative energy out the room. I'm afterwards. telling you, man, you my whole so? eyes don't look at just. That, <laughs> yeah, that, you think that's like the one that, that your that, mama that, that your that mama? Is, you think that's the one your mama went orange against? That there's demons inside yeah, of it that sucks you doing, in. She ain't doing nothing but following in Amorosa's footsteps. You know, I mean, Amorosa kind of like opened the door for Amorosa beat, beat it back to Howard. Her huh? ass beat it back to Howard. Well, I mean, what, I mean, whatever she. I mean, it's just. They're not wrong for that. They're not wrong for that because we they're out front doing it, but there's so many of us that do it behind the door and everything because all they're doing is just playing to the power structure, the real one. They're not, you know, uh, so they're on that side of the fence. I think it's worse to have a fucking fence straddler. So, you, you know, do, so uh, it's okay for her to be a batter bread is what you're saying. Yeah. It is, man. And, this and is the world we live in, you know, but the you know, American she, way. Yeah. And I yeah. don't think she's going to be influencing people into life changing modes. All she's doing is what everybody else in the whole assimilation assimilation machine is doing. And that is fucking recruiting shit. But this, that's what this everybody the, does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the thing is, though, there's there's always going to be. If you give somebody a microphone, there's always they're always going to gather some sort of crowd. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's there's always going to be a crowd around that mic. So whatever she's saying, I mean, whether you know whatever her motivation is or any of that, I mean, I really don't give a fuck. I don't know Candace Owens. Mother made a mother had a motherfucker, as far as I'm concerned. But um, for her to be influential and you know, just kind of getting back to what Rob was, what Rob initially asked. The reason that she's influential is because she is a distraction, just like everything else, man. People, people are unhappy in life, man, and they especially now. 
Yeah, they want to be distracted by any and everything that can distract them from the fucking cesspool that their life seems to be to them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, everybody. So, so, so it's it's gonna be a certain amount of people that listen to Candace Owens and take her side. It's gonna be a certain amount of people that listen to Cardi B and take her side, even though that shit don't mean anything. Like they'd be but a hell of a lot better off listening to the fucking Teddy Pendergrass. Mm. Right. That's what I'm, yeah. <laughs> I, I was thinking today I, when they said that when they had the WAP out there, it's like, you know, if I were to meet, if I were to meet, um, Cardi, I'd be like, you know, WAP. I mean, I'm not really mad at you, but I'm more of a like, you know, Teddy Pendergrass turn out the light. Same effect. If I'm, you know, if I'm doing my job, I'm going to get me some WAP too. Right. You know? So it's I'm, just I'm like, more, don't leave me this way, you know. But I get you. There, there you go. It's like every at all. It's don't, whatever rocks your boat. Myself singing, don't leave me this way. <laughs> that's my shit, boy. I'll be good banging shit right that shit, boy. No right? No doubt. It's a matter of it's a matter of what your era is and what it is. But yeah, like getting no it. But it's the, it's the same point. But, you know, just to, just to anything, like, you know, what you said about, about these two characters, what makes anybody worthy of being listened to in their opinion? You know, I heard last week, like, you know, I'm watching this guy on the show, and he's like, yeah, well, who the fuck are you? And I was thinking to myself, like, well, who the fuck are you? You know, you're just some guy on, who's, like, behind a microphone. Why do we have to listen to what you have to say? You know, and then that's so, the same thing your parents that your kids tell you. Who the fuck are you, Dad? <laughs> so here, here's here's one of my before you got go upside the head. Fuck go ahead. Here's one, here's one of my his uh, last uh, words. <laughs> <laughs> last motherfucking words. Okay, that's a you got an applause for that one, Gene. That's a, that's a good one. Go on, go ahead, Grant. What were you saying? So, bro? so, so here's here's one of my deals because I pretty much hate. I, something that I love has become something that I pretty much hate nowadays, and that's hip hop. So, mm. um, like to me, the worst thing, one, one of the best and one of the worst things that happened to hip hop is computers. Every every person that has the internet that has you can download Serato or whatever, whatever fucking mm-hmm. uh, Pro Tools, whatever you know device you need, you can record shit put shit out there. Everybody does not deserve to have a voice. Right? Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it's, it's the same. I mean, yeah, you have a voice among your peers. No question. But every voice is not supposed to be a voice that's heard universally. Mm-hmm. And this is this is one of the bigger problems. You know what I mean? Like, everybody, everybody's not the same. You know what I mean? You don't treat Jim Brown the same way you treat the fucking four string running back on the team. You know what I mean? Jim Brown is a fucking star. So, right. you know, he, he's put work in, he's done whatever. So everybody is not, you know, uh 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 Martin Luther King and Jesse Jackson, you know, whatever kind of whatever kind of leader you want to put out there, mm-hmm. or you know, spokesperson that you want to put out there. Everybody's not that. But in this climate where everybody has a camera phone, everybody's everywhere on camera. You know, they can turn almost anybody into that. Yeah, it can, it's it's almost um, as if it happens by osmosis in a lot of cases, and it really doesn't matter. PhD. I, I just feel like we raise some of these people up for no bleeping reason at all. Like we that bored? 
Yeah. Like, I mean, why why do we why do we give a fuck? Why do we give a fuck about uh Kanye West and uh what's what's his what's his bitch's name? Uh, Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian, yeah. Why yeah. why do we give a fuck about them? She used you know to I'm saying bad boy. Well, I the sex tape. I mean, you know the sex tape. I mean, she she put in work. She did she did the best like, you know, that was the really honestly, her, that's like that's a billion that was oh, a yeah, billion. I said that one time. That was you a, mean her surgeon put in work? Yeah, no, I'm talking like about too? I'm talking about the actual about the Ray tape. J days? I'm talking yeah, the Ray J days. That tape, she put in work in that tape. And it's oh, like absolutely. and that's what and well, yeah, that's she's what a whore. Yeah, that's a billion dollar that's like that's a billion dollar sex act that she created that day. Yeah, but she, you know, I mean, that's, oh, well, incredible. So that's the answer to your question is because people in this sensationalistic country are up about they about their pleasure, yes. about their fantasy. Yes. And, and, and she and, and she fed well, that to it. She that's, fed it. That's, she fed that's, it. That's why. They, she fed you know, it. Now, and her mama marketed was, it. Well, Kanye West is that almost slipped up. He's that crazy dude who was sitting with Donald Trump with that goddamn smile in that not so crazy. <laughs> Not so crazy though. He did what he did. Yeah, yo, boy, he, what, let's see they peel back the onions on that money. Yeah. Woo! He's a, he's the he's the can he's the male version of Candace Owens in this conversation. No, because, he's not. Yes, he is, because you know what? That's how he got them billions? Not well, that's part of it because he went in he went up there and he was like when Trump got elected, he was like, Listen, I wanna go shake your hand. Because who goes out there and buys that Yeezy stuff? Now right. all the white American can go out and they can wear Yeezy. You know, this is a guy who came out like, you know, very pro-black in his lyrics in the very beginning. And now you can actually buy. And he went he had all the white America mad at him for bum rushing Taylor Swift at an award show. Right. And now you fast forward like five or ten years. And he's like, I want to shake Donald Trump's hand. And, and you know what? That, that, dad, that dad ain't mad when the kid asked for four hundred dollars to go buy a pair of Yeezy. That's correct. Right. And they, right. they did that valuation and they, they say he was worth six billion. He ain't worth six billion. It's more like one point eight. But it's like but it's based upon the the buyability, the bank the bankability of his Yeezy brand in Adidas and what he can potentially make. And that's what they were giving that valuation based upon. So they, you can call that crazy. I got a quick question. I I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't say he wasn't a genius shit. You don't get to a billion without. I, I don't think luck gets you to a billion nah, dollars. Nah. Period. <laughs> so I got I got I got a question though. I, in terms of Kanye's valuation, are they saying that the Yeezy brand is worth more than his publishing? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yo, they're saying really? that the brand. Yeah, they're saying that the brand because he actually owns one hundred percent of the brand. Unlike, for example, it's like Michael Jordan. He is associated with the Jordan brand, and right. he has a sponsorship, but he doesn't own a hundred percent of it. Yeezy, right. I get that. He actually owns a hundred percent of his brand, so he can do anything. And then now that the talk is that he's got some some um, land in Wyoming where he's looking at probably building a factory. You know, no taxes. He can bring people in there. He can bring his own workers in there. So he's if he's crazy, he's crazy like a fox. You know. But he's he's doing his thing. He don't have to make any more records. Yeah, you I, know, I don't so. say it. I, I'm not literate. 
literally saying crazy when I say crazy. Yeah, I say I say crazy. But his ass was looking crazy when he was sitting there smiling in front of Donald Trump. Oh, that but right that was a calculated that was a calculated plan. I was looking at him with one eye. looked crazy as a motherfucker, boy. I was looking at him with one eye open, personally. I was like, personally, all I was thinking is like, you know, this is the dude that was like, during the, during the um, times of the slave trades, hey, boys, they over there in the woods. <laughs> Uh, that was more like you know what? Hey, ooh, hey, doggy, 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 go get him, go get him, go get him. He's hiding. So, oh boys, oh boys, look at what we got here. So you know what? Fifteen <laughs> minutes is up on that one too. But yeah, let me just—I tried something revolution, not revolutionary, the other day. But for me, it was just like mind blowing. I went to—I went and did a sensory deprivation chamber. Okay. Oh, nice float tank. Woo. Yo. Everybody needs to do that. What is? How it? long were you in there? I was in there an hour. So they just hour. they just opened a spot. Um, actually, it opened last year. They got a spot here. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna do it based on your reco. What is it? That's what's up. So it's a it's a float tank. They put it thousand couple thousand pounds of Epsom salt in water, and basically you lay on the top of the water. They put you in this chamber. No lights. No sounds. Fully insulated. And it allows you to sort of, I would say, you know, most people think that meditation is about stopping your thoughts. It's not about stopping your thoughts. It's about realizing your thoughts are separate from your body. Mm. You know, you don't have to internalize every thought that you have. Every thought that you have doesn't have to create a physical reaction in your body. And when you float like this, you actually sort of separate from your body a little bit. So that's I mean, the, your body do, just laying do, there. Do you have to take mushrooms before you talk no, about? No, no, you don't got to take any mushrooms <laughs> or anything, man. Oh, because no, but the, I hear the shrooms trip too. I want to do that, man. I just don't like being sick, dude. You don't. The shrooms don't make you sick. Yeah, they do. It's the poison. I mean, well, it's the food poison. Well, you got a witch call. That's uh, the strychnine on it. You got to scrape that off before you ingest yeah, it. I heard you can't do an eighth without getting sick, you know, but, you know, maybe that's just for these grimy people. Doing we, we survived those. We survived, uh, we survived it. John we survived, and I survived it. it. The whole eighth? Yeah, we, me and Rob, this was like, I, don't, I still don't know what happened that weekend, though. Like, oh. you know, I went to go visit, and we ended up doing those shrooms, and it was like, all they kept remembering was like, hey, do you getting any effect on this? And he was like, "No, I'm not." And then next thing you know, hey Rob, it's time for me to leave. I'll see you. I'll see you again. It, it was a like, lot like yeah. it's a lot. It's a lot like gummies. You're like this. This this mushroom ain't shit. Yeah, bong, bong. and it, like time yeah. just passes. So, but that was when we were younger. Now I heard people you know. be having you know real journeys and shit. You know, like oh, you be my, finding like, answers and shit. Mu- you know, like my sister did it. And she called it ayahuasca good. or some shit. You know? Oh, ayahuasca is a whole other thing. All right, yeah, listen, listen we, ayahuasca. We had yeah. to break the subject. Ayahuasca. We had to break the subject up because yeah. now we're talking about the effects oh, of psychotropic drugs. Yeah, and hallucinogenics. And guess what? I'm here for it. I'm a stand for all of them. Listen, I say, I say, listen. When you're young and you and you're and you're in your twenties, if you want to try some things, when if you have a safe environment, go ahead try it. You know, we weren't at the we weren't at a bar, a club, or any place. We were just like kind of like you know, like you know, locked in and everything. We had all our food. We had our we had our menu, so we could order out, and that was pretty much. And it was like oh. what Mad Sports on there. We had the beer sign, so if, we were. Um, you know they're legal in Denver and Oregon, mm. so I mean you can go into the you can go into the weed spot in Denver and also pick you up some mushrooms and in nature. Or if you want to if you want to go look <laughs> under cow patties, I'm not <laughs> that adventurous. 
you oh, know no, I know people. I know who. I know people. I, I mean, I could get a whole bag of that shit. I mean, like you know, I just haven't decided to, uh, you know, take that journey. But nah, I mean, I, yeah, I know people do it by the elbow. You're in the- I, I, I will. I would. I would say that in my estimation, whatever is in you is going to come out in that period. So if you're if you're you've got a lot of fears and stuff pent up, and there's some nervous energy in you, you're gonna feel that on your journey. Yeah. You know, I, I remember know. the one time one of our boys was about to go do a, a go do a short bid, and I remember one time doing, and I spent like an hour oh. just sitting on the sidewalk outside of a club, like crying because thinking about my boy going up, you know, about to go uh, go to yeah. Riverhead. Yeah, yeah, I remember that too. Uh, so yeah, I highly recommend it. So yeah, now we're I'm we're gonna go it. back. We're gonna go back to the beefing subject here for a second. So Grant, I mean Gene, it's actually your turn. Do you have anything yeah. that you want to complain about other than the host? Man, I'm going to tell you <laughs> something, man. First of all, I want to complain that you gave us some shit that required thought and, and, and notes <laughs> and all giving that homework. shit, okay? <laughs> exactly. So that's my first complaint. Now, so I was, I was giving it thought, though, because I was like, damn, you know, what really annoys me besides everything? And then, you know, I tried to... <laughs> I tried to get it, get real specific with it, you know, uh, but because uh, there's so many. So I guess I, I bro- the best way I could describe it is, is that and, and you could pick a level for this, but uh, I'm, I'm annoyed. Very much annoyed that as we get more and more. New information that we sift through, we find truths and stuff like that. I am very annoyed that we still lack commitment to change. Like, uh, and for instance, this even ties into uh, Grant's beef uh, and to what we said the last time I was on the show. No one wants to be a a martyr. Yes. No one wants to take an L and, and we know the commitment comes with what sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we'll have a holiday for Martin Luther King, this one, that one and everything else, but won't commit to nothing except for white Jesus. All right. That's another subject. Not even going to go that way this, <laughs> on this one, but, but, but we will not commit to uh, the very basics which are learn what fucking commitment is and why it's important to commit to the person in the mirror first. And then, you know, let that spread. We won't commit to learning that shit. We ain't going to commit to nothing except for uh, things that uh, are along the lines of assimilation. Mm. Comfort is a drug brother. And so, and so this isn't me on a soapbox because that was most of my life. Not, you know, non-committal to real change. You know, we, this platform and, you know, your title, Born in Trouble and this and that all, you know, uh, seems to me to, uh, uh, you know, to be in search of real change, mm-hmm. effective change and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so what, what I find most frustrating is that, you know, people won't even commit on a basic level. Mm. Well, like Rob said, you know, I, I, I grew up with you. Yeah, you know, so I grew up with you guys and what was popular in uh, our day, so to speak. That's what my son said. Back in your time, 
I'll be ready to just throat chop his ass. When he, but, so, so back at back in our day, right when uh, uh, you know we were, I mean, Jonin was something you needed to be good at. Yeah. Right? So it was it was fun mm. for most people. Uh, it wasn't for some people, but it was it was a it was it was just something that we did and. When I got older and understand why kids, especially kids of color, do shit like that and everything else, uh, uh, you know, uh, that was one lesson. I understood it. And then I see the lesson being taught all over memes and this and that and everything else when it comes to love and everything else. But we won't even do a ba- something basic like quit fucking cracking on black people all the goddamn time online. You know, like everything mm-hmm. is, you know, this fat person, that and everything else. And I and I told you, I used to, you know, I was I was heavily involved with that and a whole lot of stuff, especially things concerning assimilation. But now that the information here, the truths are here, it's very frustrating to me that uh, people are not committing to changing or, 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 or any step in the change. OK, I'm going to commit. I'm going to buy that from a black business. uh X amount of times a month, then that's going to increase and this and that. Anything. They're not even making goals to commit to that will promote real effective change. And so, and by the way, I have a great idea. You know, I just bought something from a black company out of Houston called Actively Black. I love my gear. I'm going to wear that shit to the threads fall off. It's good shit and everything else. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I, we're gonna get money from them by uh, commercials and shit one day okay. because I, I'll wear that shit and I, I'll promote the hell out of them and I won't even charge them money. We just get some free gear or something, you know. But but uh, we always listen. We always we always supporting the black businesses. We support uh, Grant's Chicken Wing Company, which is located where two eight nine six West Grand Boulevard. <laughs> man, you learn how to ship them things yet, man? Because I be getting pizza from Chicago and shit, man. Yeah, we, yeah. We, I mean, I, I kind of started working on the piece, but I, I never finished it off. I, I, okay. I have, I had an idea though. Yeah, look, I had look. an idea. Come in, is- blaze the path for everybody. Mm-hmm. We can all, we can all say he's the devil if we want to, or we can get on board. <laughs> well, you know what? Commitment, like you know, right now, commitment is a tough pill. It's a tough thing to sell. Right now, it's tough to sell to a lot of these people because a lot of these young people, they're like, you know, like look at Kirk Franklin's son. You know, he cursing at his daddy. He mad at his daddy for whatever reasons. That was funny. And everything. Bitch ass. Yeah. <laughs> funny as hell. That motherfucker, motherfucker need his 30-year-old ass whip. Yeah, what? He, and he is old bitch ass. He put that conversation out there yeah. like that. Yeah, you proved like you, proved you a bitch ass like, by taping that shit. He like 50 and putting it online. son. I mean, well, <laughs> 50 son, yeah. Like, you know, they, they get, they, they're given all these advantages. They're given these opportunities. And, like, they still look at it like, well, my life is too hard. Like, we all, we all went through shit. All four of us went through shit. You know, we won't complain to each other like, oh, my life is so hard, I can't keep... We just got up and we kept it moving. Oh, doubt. They could that's be my friend. That's a different... Yeah, that's the difference between <laughs> that generation and this generation. This generation, whenever they're, whenever they're upset, they put the shit out on the internet. Whether that's good or bad, you know, oh, sure, you get to express your feelings and it doesn't eat you alive, but now everybody knows your business. Like, y'all make jokes about me being, like, extremely vague about shit. I'm vague about everything. 
My goal is so that way my listeners get to know everything about me and absolutely fucking nothing. You know, that's the truth. Y'all know, you guys know what I do with my business and my work and all that other stuff and everything, but that's my business. I don't understand why where everybody gets to this point where everybody has to know your business. You know, I don't need applause every time I get up and I go take a good shit. You know, and every a, time no, I come back. Yo, man, like, like Rob was saying, yo, that... Right now, I mean, you know, they have something on Netflix. That shit is, that shit is being woven into the fabric of society. Yes, I mean, mm-hmm. like, I was telling y'all, man, I felt like when I, if I took my daughter's phone, I was putting duct duct tape on her mouth because that's communication for them. So what you're saying is you, uh, you're going to punish them by taking away their phone. I gave that example, but. That just that that points back to what I'm saying now. It's in the fabric. I mean, you know, and so that's why, man, man, I can't even count the amount of people on my Facebook feed, man. That all they do is show a fucking good time as many times a week as they can. Mm-hmm. It that from dinner to just got these shoes to just did this to just did that, and 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 I know these folks, Bullshit. and I know they miserable as fuck. Some yeah. of them, you know, yeah. it's it, it's it's. It's uh, it's a sickness. Land yeah, it's a for, sickness. For so many, yeah, and that's that's part of like you know you read these things. I I look at these different points of view, and I get it and everything. Nobody's supposed to know your pain. Everybody wants to appear like they're doing better than they are. But like part of what makes me me is the struggles that I've been through. I embrace all that shit. Everything that's fucking happened to me. All you have to do is know it and bring it up. And like if you know it, you was there. I'll talk to you about it. I'll let you know what I went through so that way you understand that there's there are people that that would be shocked that I even have this show at this point in time. There's people that are shocked that I'm alive. I thought she's going to be on crack, but I didn't know you for some years, you know. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. But, so, yeah, but, thank yeah, you. I thought, yeah, or, <laughs> or the gunfight or something. Gunfight somewhere. Something. Yeah, that's what I was I saying. mean, listen, it's, it ahead, was, I know it was what very, no, but it's oh, very possible. There's a lot of stuff that could have happened. A lot of shit could have gone wrong. A lot of shit could have gone wrong. No, no, no. But that's not highly of all, y'all, man. That's for, all that's y'all. for any of yeah, us. Yeah, but, but, but there's still dumb shit that, I mean, we got to do We got to it one night with dudes that we knew. Right. There's shit. Three of us on this call got into some shit one night. <laughs> right. You know, with dudes we knew. And, you right. know, a couple hours later, there's some dudes on Exum's lawn and shit, you know, hollering at four o'clock in the morning, whatever, beefing like, what? Motherfucker, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, like you. It's like, it wasn't even so much that they was there beefing. It was like that it was actually them. Yeah. You know, like, it's it like, you, like you, like you, mother, like, what the fuck are you doing here? You know, and I addressed that shit later, but we ain't gonna get into that because then now that gets like even deeper. You so know, just kind of so. let me just kind of hop back to Gene's point. Um, the commitment. So on this call, man, like we're all we're all kind of kind of cut from the same cloth. You know, our experiences are different. You know, Gene being from Cali, I'm from Detroit. You know what I mean, Robin X. Um, you know, New Yorkers or whatever. My so our our experiences are different, but we're all kind of cut from the same cloth. Um, so we kind of had the same mental, like our mentals are all kind of in alignment. You know what I mean? Not one hundred percent, obviously, but we are kind of in alignment. A lot of common denominators. Yeah. yeah. So and we, but we also know we know the numbers. You know, eighty five, ten, and five. 
you know, I apply I apply the five percent logic across everything. Mm-hmm. Right? It's eighty five percent of the people is gonna be flashing good times on social media. Mm-hmm. All right, it's that's eighty five percent of the people, bro. So you you never gonna get a commitment. You're never gonna get a great commitment from a vast majority of the people until you show them something. Then you could then, and you still ain't gonna get a vast majority. You but you'll get a bigger a bigger piece than the five percent that you already have. Yeah, you understand? So ten percent is just gonna be out because the ten percent don't want you to do what the fuck you're doing in the first place. Right. As the five percent though, you have to you have to build it up enough to bring in to convince some of these eighty fives that hey, this is some real shit. You need to come over here, and some of them will come. Some of them will. So yeah, some of them will. But getting that getting that full fledged commitment, you ain't never gonna get that. Yeah, because you you know some of them did. That's what we see. Like, what happened to all those people that were going to the meetings with Malcolm X in the in the sixties? To see Malcolm X speak, and what happened to all those people that were going and seeing Martin? Generally, what happens is the system breaks it down, it waters them down, and they dissipate, and they eventually go their own way, and they go in their own direction, which is part of the whole, which is a part of the whole plan to have us all to take our power and dilute it with all the power, the buying power that we have. The Blackout Coalition, they ran that thing with the blackouts on a Friday. That shit was very effective. But then what happens after that? Somebody comes in and tells them, hey, listen, we're monetizing all these groups. So you monetize your group and you don't do that shit again. And ever since that movement, ever since that day, that was almost damn near like seven or eight months ago. You don't hear anyone talking about another blackout because they're not invested. There's no money in that. There's no play in that game. There's no game. There's no play in that. So now I'm going to wrap it. I'm bringing up to my beef, something that it kind of covers everything because everything that we're talking about is canceling and cancel culture and all this stuff. And like Grant, you had mentioned that you wanted to talk about cancel culture in this. And I was like, well, you got to be a little bit more concise with the cancellation. So now, but you didn't, you know, cover it. So now I'm going to have to like cover everything. At one time. There you go. Thanks, Green. You got it. You the Thanks, man. You know, we 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 trust in you, John. We think you have good. Goddamn it! You gave the this time. So get to work. Shit. <laughs> all right. So first of all, Fox running. All right. Fifteen minutes has already started. All right, but fifteen minutes. All right, fuck y'all, niggas. Fuck y'all. Niggas. So listen. So we're gonna. So we're gonna start here, right? I'm gonna start from a cancel. First of all, cancel culture. White people started that shit. White Republicans started that shit. This whole shit with Dr. Zeus and everything. Everybody's mad at Dr. Zeus. First of all, these people, they canceled their own culture. And 10 years ago, when the Lorax came out and he had a very pro-environmental message, those same conservatives that were complaining about that wanted to cancel Dr. Zeus back then for giving like a, a pro-media, a pro-environmental message. So like, that's a bunch of bullshit. We have these hypocrisies all across. Our society today, everything is a hypocrisy. Everybody wants to cancel this. They want to cancel that. You don't really want to cancel shit. You just don't want to hear shit that you don't agree with. Okay. We as black men, we are the first victims of cancel culture because they've tried to cancel each and every one of us on this board right now. Our point of view don't matter as much. They lock us out of their systems. They lock us out of their positions and everything. So at this point in time in our lives, if we have anything, it's only due to our to our own um, 
greatness, um, absolutely aptitude, abilities, you know. So cancel culture don't mean shit to me. Cause like, you know, they've been trying to cancel me since I was born. I was born in trouble. We were all born in trouble. Because they were coming after us from day one. So you ain't canceling a motherfucking thing. That's the first thing. Second thing is like, you know, with all the stuff that's going on with these Asians being attacked and everything, and I feel for it was jerk houses, by the way. Let's just clear that up. Jerk houses, yeah. Spas and all that negative. That oh, dude Robert, had been. That dude was Robert was a, Kraft there. He was a frequent flyer, probably. Was, you know, was Robert Kraft? I didn't, there? I didn't even think about that. Robert Kraft could have been caught up in that. Had they <laughs> been, right. had he been in San Francisco at that point in time, I forgot yeah. all about that. But they, but they've erased that. Robert Kraft is a billionaire, so those tapes are gone, and they're no longer in the public domain. He got but it don't matter. It, it don't matter for him. I mean, it is jerk houses. Victims, those right? Victims, they're victims but. and everything. And I, and I feel, I feel bad for them. I feel bad for them on a to a very very certain extent to a level, but you know these are the same people that have come into the like black neighborhoods and mistreated a lot of black people for years. You Yo, know, in them places they never mistreated your boy. But go ahead. Some of them, some of them do. I've been in places where they just automatically, when you walk in the door, it's like not them places. Oh no, not those places. <laughs> but those places. Some of, they never mistreat your boy. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but. I, I mean, you know, I think they kind of like make you feel like a king. Uh, all right, you what know? I'm saying, you're saying massage parlors and parlors, <laughs> and yeah, they always okay. I'm telling you, that dude it was ego, but go ahead. That, no, it's, it, no, that dude's ego. No, it was definitely his ego. It's definitely he has a problem with it's the fetishization of the Asian ladies and with how these white guys feel that they're that they can do whatever they want to them at any point in time. We are they are their property. And a lot of people are there. They're coming to this realization. But at the same time, I'm not so quick to jump to their like, you know, defense 110 percent. I look at it like I would look at anybody. If I'm walking down the street and I see a man attack an old woman, I don't care what race she is. You know what I'm saying? I'm probably going to pop that motherfucker upside the head. It's like, that's just me. I'm one of those dudes that will go down. If it's a white woman getting beat up by a black man or if it's a, hey, I don't even think about shit. That shit doesn't, I think about my mom, you know, and what would she think? So it's like, but these people don't think the same way. They don't. They don't feel the same way about it. They look at it. They may look at a black woman getting beat up and they'll sit there and they'll say nothing. Absolutely nothing. They'll walk right by. And that's the problem with it. Until people start wanting to treat people like people and seeing past all this other stuff, it's a zero-sum game. So you're not going to see me like, you know, I'm not going to start walking around Chinatown and doing like, you know, a walkthrough. They got to handle Hell's that themselves. Angels. Hell's Angels. Yeah, you're not going to see that. They're going to they're gonna have to handle that and everything. Am I against it? Yeah, I'm against it. But I'm against a lot of shit that's wrong. Not Hell's Angels. What the Angels in New Jersey was called? Oh, you mean the, the Guardian, Guardian Angels? Guardian Angels, oh, my bad. yeah. The Hell's Guardian Angels with the motorcycle gang. Yeah, not right. them. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, with this cancellation and the cancel culture and the 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 Lorax and Dr. Seuss and all this other stuff, it's like, yeah, motherfuckers need to stop canceling shit. You know, just because of the fact that you can't discern what's right and what's wrong. 
and that sometimes that you have to actually be a parent. All that Dr. Seuss said was that they said, look, if you want these books, these books are still out there. They're available. They stopped like, you know, printing them. If you want to teach racism in your home, you can teach racism in your home all that you want. And I love the cancel culture. I'm just waiting for you to finish, but I'm just going to tell you, I love the cancel culture. What do you love about the cancel culture? I'm done. Shit, man. Look, it's lifting up the rug. It's inspecting everything. I don't give is a fuck. Yeah, it is, man. Yo, you can't fucking fart without somebody reporting that shit. You know, it used to be you could do all this maniacal shit and nobody look at you. There's no lights on you or anything else. Now we're going to examine every motherfucking thing. And I don't even care. Look, man, I'm trying to figure out who got canceled that I even give a shit about. Maybe Bill Cosby a little bit. Maybe Bill Cosby, except for when he stayed. But even him. He came at us raw one time, and I was like, fuck <laughs> Bill Cosby, you know what I'm saying? But, 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 you know, still his body of work is like, damn, they canceled that motherfucker. He was a billionaire. Yeah, damn, so, money, you can't even hide with the bread. You know so what I'm saying? Mm. <laughs> I, I, got, I, got two, I got two beefs with cancel culture, okay. right? Um, first of all, I don't agree with everything my mama said, mm. right? So and and I, I ain't never gonna cancel my mom. Right. Right. So just because I don't agree with something that you happen to say, don't mean I'm trying to cancel you or I want you to lose your job or I'm coming to your you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, I mean, to, But no cancel culture is specific though. No, nah, but what uh, I, no, I, most most, yes. most of cancel culture is specific to either misogyny or racism somehow. Well okay. well, I, I get okay. it. So, I so get here's, that. here's beef number yeah. two. Okay. Here's beef number two. The greatest crime in the history of mankind is slavery. Right. That was perpetrated by this entire fucking country. Right. So if we ain't canceling the whole fucking country, shut the fuck up about who got sexually assaulted or whatever the fuck. Well, let them deal, let them deal with that shit. Let the, let the courts deal with that shit. I'm not saying it shouldn't be addressed, but I'm saying... No, the cancel two, are, the two are mutually exclusive, and part of that cancel culture when it comes to racism is is tied in with uh, 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 the effects of slavery and everything else. It's Ooh. not. It, it, uh, it's, Who's been but, canceled on some racial shit? Well, I read something very interesting today uh, where somebody yeah, uh, said uh, plenty of sheriffs and 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 uh, uh, governors who said people. Man, I mean. Just regular workers. You can have a regular job now and get your ass canceled. Boy. Yeah, Nurses, but they walk up, but they're walking away with shit. And yeah. that's the point. That's yeah. the point though. You can be a regular motherfucker and get canceled. Yeah, that's right. Slip but up saying, that who, N-word at the wrong so, time and your ass so, is canceled. So when so Donald Trump, was Donald Trump ever canceled all, all the racist bullshit that he said? They loved him. All right, then shut the fuck up about cancel culture. You know, well, no, no, ain't nothing equity. Ain't no equity in this country. What you looking nah, for? It ain't, it ain't, it ain't yeah. about equity. It okay. ain't about equity. Well, there's nothing. There, there's no fairness in this shit. You looking for fair? They should be canceling Donald Trump if they're gonna cancel this person. Look, man, mm. let the shit roll. If I, it gets to Donald Trump, cool. But if not, if some motherfuckers gonna fall, they need to fall. I think my, you know I think my issue casualties, but. I'll, those are acceptable casualties. Well, that see, my issue was like kind of like when you say acceptable casualties, it brings me back to like what Grant said, which was that you know you're just going to cancel them off the top. But some of these times, sometimes you're you're canceling people that could actually be allies, or it doesn't just because they feel this way on this point, this one thing, 
it doesn't actually engross or envelop everything that that person Give is. Give an example. Who's been canceled that shouldn't have been canceled, that hurt us all because they were canceled? Well, put it this way. Just because I was reading a list today, it's like even thinking about who was canceled. Cancellations don't even really last. People get canceled and they bounce right back. You know, this is like, this is what America if does. You're good enough. If you get you can bounce back. No, but pe- but yeah. it's true, though. People get canceled. It's like they're mad yeah, at you one day for one thing. I just want to know who's been canceled where it's where it makes you mad. Well, nobody. Who got canceled and it made you mad? Nobody. He, nobody. The only one that really got canceled was, like, Bill Cosby. It's just a simple, it's just a simple and, attempt. And even he didn't get canceled. Why Y'all hating the culture. Like, Bill Cosby's in jail. He ain't get cut. He ain't get canceled. He in jail. Like yeah, a lot of people still like him. A lot of people oh, still boy, like him. And if, he was still, if, if he if he wasn't old and blind, he might still be able to go out there and tour and tell some jokes, and people would go see him. Yeah, it's like, so, and that's that's the frivolity of cancel culture. It's like you don't really, you're not really canceling anybody. You're just really like bitching. For a long period of time, there's, there's always somebody... America's really good at bitching right now. We yeah, do a lot certainly. of bitching about stuff. Just about and listen, everything. Bro, you can't you can't apply this fucking pussified uh, standard of today to shit that happened 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. It was a different fucking shit, time. Even five but years ago. But it sheds ago. light on it. It sheds light and, on and, it. But that's a, like what, what Governor was Cuomo on... was going through right now. Okay. Who? Like, Cuomo. I don't know what he did. I don't, you know. A couple of things that I've heard, we talked and we joked a little bit about, but a you lot know of he did, he did something if he got oh, yeah. the motherfucking governor of New York or mayor of New York. What is he governor? He just, oh, he governor just, of New York. He just ran a very he just ran a very tight misogynistic camp. From yeah. what it sounds like to me, it was like the culture right. of everything around him was he like was kind of like <laughs> now he he might have been hitting some of them. He wasn't, but he wasn't doing anything really different than the majority of dudes. Like to find a guy who was like, hey you know, respectful and ran and had an environment that was very inclusive and respected women's feelings coming to the workplace. That was rare to find. Like he was just doing what everybody else was like. So we're going to apply the new the new rules to his old regime. And let's be like that shit don't always work. And let's be honest. Like, let's be honest. Like people are different. You know, there's a there's a whole there's a whole bunch of there. There are a whole bunch of women that don't want a man that's going to be respectful to her all the time. No, nah, you know, like gotta that. choke out some of them, some right. of, like, you know, well, that's an extreme, but you know, but you understand yeah. what I'm saying though. Yeah. <laughs> that's an extreme. They don't get that full tingle. No, but you know what though? But you know what? It's an extreme. I was trying to think of something else. No, I'm talking about, you thinking about restitution. Yeah, but it's an extreme, but it's true. I'm you right now. Yo, if, I understand. I'm telling you, I said this last week. I understand, especially I could never understand women. But, of course, I could understand being a minority what, uh, you know, some of the shit that you got to eat in life and everything else and shit that you, I mean, disturbing shit you you might have to witness, uh, go through this, that, or whatever. So I can imagine for a woman, especially a black woman, that they're dealing with that exponentially, you know what I'm saying? And, and they've uh, been, and but uh, multiples of that. And so I understand the fucking hypersensitivity sensitivity, and that's what leads to the cancellation. Listen, the it's, bottom- not, it's, not, it's like, you know what? That motherfucker winked at me. 
You don't know that person, man. Look, man, we know for a fact what we do know is that men, white white people have been dogging black people and men have been dogging women all my life. That's what I've been seeing all my life. So if we know all my life, when, <laughs> you, know, you know, like KRS would say, just like a pot when the whistle blows. That's right, boy. That's right, boy. Anything, Anything goes. goes. <laughs> We're canceling and everything. So I understand it. And so really, it's like, it's another great show for me. The Donald Trump was a show. Cancel culture. Absolutely. No. You know, and it's like, you, you know, what's going to be next? You know, uh, but all... It, it's a show with matter. It's a, it's a show. It's a it show really with no because there's no teeth to it's it. It's a show with no ending, and it's a it's slow a sh- change teeth. Maybe some baby teeth, you know, because there's some slow changing going on. The NBA, I guess, you know, they got. Hopefully, it's a show that causes some people to think and creates a little bit of evolution. Not Damn. revolution, but right. evolution. Right. It's a show with no. It's well, a revolution. I, is evolution. I see. I see no wins. <laughs> I see no wins in it. There's, you know, we're, until we're until you know we're actually a merit. Like, yo, Louis K. Louis C. K. His dude got who got canceled, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. he's a dumb motherfucker. Yeah, he did some he did some disgusting shit. And he might have held some people's careers back because, and so he took a bullet. Oh, your hopefully, boy on Fox. Ho- the hopefully, white hopefully man. he fucking learned. Hopefully I he learned some shit. And he gets too. better. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, Fox listen, you know, Trump ain't gonna learn nothing. That, that dude, uh, he's impervious to education. He's proven that over the years. Like, there's nothing getting through that skull. But that's okay. Not They're not all going to learn, but some of them will. Well, and you so know what? Culture, culture moves forward a little bit. The culture moves forward, but the, the structure remains the same. It remains right. intact. Well, so that's my whole point. Until we, Because it's all the same programming still. Yeah, right. It's all the same. Darts, right. Well, we have to. Darts. What we need to focus on is what we need to focus on is we need to focus on changing these things from a from a gender based or a money based or a familial based um, merit system um, system of expansion and growing up to a merit based one. You know, and once we get that in place, then things will change. Because it won't matter whether or not you look nice in, in that dress, you know, or, you know, if your legs are long, you know, your boss it's is, is going to be though. who. Yeah, and I can't, like, I need, you know, I need whatever advantages, you know, this little mug gave me. I need all of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about your boy has mastered it, mastered using that shit. Boy, I'm I, talking about, I bring all of them that together. Shit. I bring them to the table. Because all right. Of so it. now, so now we've, we've we're admitting that we've got we've got two male hoes on the show with us today. What up? You know what I'm saying? This is a, this is a do y'all stick your legs? Do y'all you know stick your saying? legs out when you're at the bakery to get the better buns? Yo, the, the quote uh, a good friend of mine. Anything goes when it comes to hoes. Because it ain't easy. There you go. There you go. And on that note, hey, hold up, X. Hold up. Hold up. Before yes. we bounce, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I, I didn't think to mention it last week. It didn't dawn on me that the last uh, last recording was March 11th. Okay. You know, March 12th is the uh, anniversary of Craig's passing, man. So mm. I just wanted to uh, bring that up, man. Love that brother, man. Shout out Miss to Craig. Him. Shout out to Craig, yeah, Matt. No you know, yeah. um, our boy. Sure. You know. Yeah, man. A lot yeah. of those did, stories. Did, did, did y'all reasons... watch the, the, the Biggie documentary on Netflix? Yeah. 
I yeah, did. I, saw it. I liked it. I saw it. It's good. Yeah. I thought it revealed new shit to me. If it if there's any truth to it, I mean, you know, uh, it was true. I did, yeah, it's, yeah, it yeah, it seemed to be pretty spot on. You know, there's 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 yeah. one story about like a lot of the times when I like I told the story earlier about going to the strip club. A lot of the times going to the strip club, it it was in direct um, result to business I was doing with Craig for Craig whatever, and. Um, I have a I have a, f- a funny story and it's a story that relates to Craig and Biggie and I guess I'll end this I'll end the podcast with this. We went to do um an open store an open um store in Jamaica on Jamaica Avenue it was at a record store and we went out there and this was at the time when um Flavor in Your Ear and Biggie's album was blowing up and we were all in this van on the way out there and I never seen Jamaica Avenue like this it was wall to wall people. Wall to wall people, like up the block for like two blocks. You know, they had to basically part the street in order for us to even get the van in to get it to the side to the back of the store. So, of course, when we get there, the police are like, you know, we're going to shut this shit down. You know, we're going to shut it down. First sign of trouble, we want to shut it down. And Craig pulls me to the side, like, you know, the dumbass that he was all the time, always laughing and giggling. And we were high as usual, you know, and he's like, yo, X, X, how would you feel? If you came all the way out here to see your favorite artist and the police just shut it down before you even got in there. Now, the police had told us, don't go out the front of this door. Don't go out in the street. If you go out in the street, we're going to arrest you. But now Craig has got this idea in his head that he's going to run out in the street and he's going to greet his fans. So I'm looking at Craig and I'm like, oh, man, I know you're not going to do this. He's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. So we go to get in the van and the police are there. The police officer turned his back. Craig goes running down the alleyway. I go running behind him and everything goes out in the middle of the street. He's like, I'm here and puts his hands up and people start turning around and they're like, look, he's there. Look, they're right there. (laughs) And people started running towards him. And right as he has his arms open up in the air, cop comes, boom, hit him harder than any linebacker that I saw. (laughs) Took him down right in the middle of the street and everything. Handcuffs Craig and says, now you're going to Central Booking. So he goes down to Central. So they put him in the car, go to Central Booking, get on the phone, pops on the phone. He's like, X, what happened? I'm like, "Eh, you know, I can't really say that. And I don't know what the fuck, you know, because y'all know the brother was out of control at points. You know, it's like he just did what he wanted to do. It wasn't the smartest move. He was going to do it. So now he's like, you know, y'all go down to Central Booking and you wait for him. And I'm going to send somebody down there. So now me and Biggie um, are stuck in this van going down there. He's like, y'all don't leave before like anything. So we're stuck in this van right in front of Central Booking in Queens. And this is a place where there's no streets. It's like sort of like a Long Island area. So there's no bodegas and all this other shit. And Biggie's like, yo, I got some weed. And me and Big, uh, you know, at that point in time, eh? so um, he's like, yo, I got weed. And I'm like, but I ain't got nothing to roll up. And I was like, yo, bro, who are you talking to? You know, I used to walk around with a box of Optimus. So here, here me and Biggie go down the side of the street, a Queen Central book, and across the street from where the Met Foods is right there, right on the side of, of Queen Central Booking, with police coming in and out of the front. And me and Biggie are rolling a blunt on the side down the street, no more than like fifty yards away from the front of the front of the building. And we're smoking weed. 
And it was the only time that I was ever like alone with Big. And we were stuck there for like about an, for like about two hours, whatever, before we had to leave. And I got to talk to the brother and I learned a lot about him that day, which was basically that he was a hardworking dude. You know, he's like, listen, when I come home, if these dudes have the money for my for my records, I'm going to jump on the records. That's why, you know, you remember at the time Biggie was doing duets with everybody in the group, groups right. that in the country, groups you've never even heard of have mm-hmm. songs with Biggie. Because he would say, listen, y'all record your part, you send it to me, I write the verse, I put it in there. As he was like, listen, I may be hot now, but I don't know if this hotness is going to stay. So I'm going to take this 25000 If you got the 25000 you can send it, I'm going to do the verse with you and everything. And I'm going to pick up everything. And he was generally tired because he would come home from off tour and he would go directly to the studio and then maybe he might go to sleep. Maybe he might go party a little bit, but really it wasn't too much partying at the time. He was on his grind. And that always stuck with me about Big. And a lot of these artists today don't really ex- don't even recognize or realize how hardworking that man was to get to that point. Craig, on the other hand, well, Craig was a different story. I'm not going to talk to <laughs> you about right. it. But, you know, it's just like it is what it is. You know, I can tell you about the, the number of times people always say these bad things about about like, you know, Puff and stuff like that and all these other things. And I can just honestly say, you know, I don't have no, I don't have any, I don't have any skin in the game one way or the other, but it's like, he gave him this opportunity to get in there and do his thing. And he didn't always do it. He didn't always go do the right thing. So it's like, and big was just like on that hustle. He was on that hustle grind, you know, but you know, rest in peace, Craig, you know, we love you, bro. You know, I had a lot of fun with that dude. You know, smoked a lot guy, of blunts, wrote a lot of rhymes, had a lot of fun with the dude. Yeah, so. that was my guy, man. And Rob, you defaced his property, so. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. So we all Damn. run the gamut here. We just snitching out here? Damn. How about that? We just snitching out here? Statue of Limitations is up. And you know what? That? Even the aggrieved parties, if they nobody's alive to fuck to to take up a case against you right now rob uh, so it's like you good man you that. good yeah yeah you good bro you know he, 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 he and i had our differences yeah i had your differences that. but he hey. had our differences he different dude he would he and i would not you know he was never gonna be on the same path as me yeah not that anybody needs yeah. to be on the same no. path as me but he was going he was going the other direction he was but you know yeah i think he was going the other direction from all of us yeah but, you know <laughs> yeah that's what, what it is but hey, born in trouble, you know, rest yeah, in peace. Yeah, that man had a skill set. He did, you know. Lying. He did. <laughs> All right, listen. No, nah, but I did rap it, man. <laughs> oh. rap it, I'm going to wrap it up. Yo, born in trouble. Like, huh? Straight up, straight up spitting, right? So at any basement party you ever went to in Brentwood, like, we all know who could spit. Exum could outspit that dude any day of the week. And twice on Friday, Manigault, like there's all, like he might have been the eighth best rapper in nah, high school his X, senior nah, year. Nah, I'm not saying X couldn't, but he's not one of the eight. I specifically remember. No comment. Us, I mean, because he used to hang with us and we used to, and we used to hit beats, man. And Craig used to rap. Craig made a movie theater rap back in the days. It could have been a fucking song. Uh, going about going to uh Comac Cinemas and stuff. He had a talent, man. He had a real yeah, talent. Craig is, for that Craig is very talented. Craig is very yeah, talented. Craig is talented. But lyric writing wise, and I, I, as much as I hate the dude, 
I got to give it up to X. <laughs> X is arguably, <laughs> X is arguably, you know, of of cats that I that I know as as that I like know. You know what I mean? X is probably lyrically the best MC that I know. Like, X, thank X, you, X, brother. Like X could be X could do five minutes on damn near anything right now. Yeah. But back in the yeah. day, like. I never heard he's, him back he's, in the day. I've seen I've seen him crush. So uh, I was never impressed with with I mean so that's when what we were, I wasn't and impressed Craig. with was Eric. When X and I were when X and I was was the group, mm-hmm. right? X is a far superior writer to me. Far superior writer. I mean X X writes stories and shit though. You know what I'm saying? So he's like really, really a writer. X can't deliver it like I can though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's that's and that was our that was always our dynamic. I should what I should have done oh, you got that voice. was set my ego aside and let X write all the material and then we probably would have blew up. That's how me and that's how me and Mango won the won the battle. Y'all was a group? Yeah. That's how me and Mango Matty won What was y'all called? Uh, I forget, like D two or something. Yeah, I don't you, know. forget, you don't nah, forget on shit like that, goddamn it. What was it was like D two. Yeah, D2? death on arrival. Death on arrival. Death That's on arrival. what it was. Death on death. arrival. Death. Yeah. Def on arrival. Oh, death on arrival. Yeah, we 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 going for devastating, right? Sure, for devastating, right? Yeah. Well, listen, uh, like you know, I I still got cats that are trying to get me to drop lyrics and stuff like that, and I appreciate it. You know, a lot of cats don't know that. A lot of people don't know it, and I appreciate it. It's just that that game wasn't for me. You know, one of the things was, like, meeting Big and, like, being around Big and being around all those people and everything. Like, those cats, they really, like me, like, you know, you say, like, and I appreciate the the nice words about being a writer, but I was a writer first. You know, I wrote anything. I I write short stories. I write poems. You know, uh, that's just, like, that's what I would do as a kid. To like kill time. It's like, that's just like, it's a gift that I have, you know, and I would, I would do that. So to me, it was more about the written form than it ever was about like rap. A lot of these cats, they want to go to the party. They wanted the chicks. They wanted the money. You know, they wanted all that stuff more. I love the art. One of the greatest times that I had in hip hop and most people don't know is that I went to a studio. It was with some dudes. Like I met so many different people in the music business and there was it was like this dude KB and he was down with like um Herbie Lovebug and all those cats and he brought me over to like you know um Grandmaster Flash in them studio up in the Bronx and everything and these kids with these kids was like doing all these things and it was just like it was like the atmosphere was all hip hop we were crazy hip hop i was crazy oh, hip hop but you know it was like that was all i did and you know we went in there and Dude was like, yo, he got this, he got this track. Just like, listen to him. And it was like, you know, all these heads from the city is like maybe like 20, 30 people. And they put the tape in and I just went on. Like, you know, I just rapped for like 10 minutes on this like tape and they just all left. Like they had their jewels dropped. They were like, wow. You know what I'm saying? But to me, that was the highlight of it. That was as good as it got. Cause right. I saw what, I saw what was going on behind the scenes. You know, and a lot of that shit was like bullshit. Like, you know, God bless all these cats that got these million dollars and all that other shit. And like, you hear it right now. I'm talking on this podcast. This is as honest as it gets. You know, 
I could not see myself being a fake motherfucker for my entire life for no matter how much money it was going to cost me. And I could see myself, I won't, y'all, y'all know me, I've always been reckless with my mouth, you know, I could see myself getting myself into all different types of situations, you know, and not backing down. I would have been a dead rapper. I would have been a dead rapper, you know, and I know this. And I didn't like it enough to be a dead rapper. You know, if I, you know, a dead novelist, I could see, you know, a dead rapper, like, you know, most people don't even remember these cats. It's like, it's a shame for as much as we love these dudes. We love Big L, you know, we love Biggie and everything. We love, we love all these rappers that are gone easy and everything, but they're not affecting the culture. I'm still here affecting the culture. So that's basically what it is. And now we've damn, definitely bro. gone over time. You so. went dark, man. No, but that's <laughs> everything. Everything with Gene. Don't you know by now? Everything with me is fucking Jesus dark. Jesus Christ, man! It's all a little bit dark. It's all dark, bro. But you know what? It's all. It's all. It's all dark. But it's you all light. Like you was born in trouble. <laughs> and that make a that make a hell of a title for a show one day. That would be. Right. That would be. Right. What a trouble, y'all. Yeah, listen. We gonna howl it up. We're gonna we're gonna uh, piece it out right now. Thanks for joining us, Grant Lancaster, my man, Robert Brooks. Like my man Gene said, "Bye black, bye black." That's right. And Gene Hopkins. That's right. Love, peace, and hair grease. And I'm hair on, grease. I'm on their site right now. 